You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, folks. Be sure to visit my webpage at dr-history.com for over 440 true stories of the Old West. Also, now available on Amazon, my first book, a historical fiction based on true events entitled Coal Miner to Cowboy. The story of a young man born in England in 1850. He wants to be a cowboy and makes his way to America, travels from New Orleans to Independence on a steamboat, hires on as a teamster to Santa Fe, then on a cattle drive to Bozeman, Montana. He also rides shotgun on a stagecoach. He travels with a wagon train, and on his two-year journey, he meets some famous people and keeps a journal of his adventures. The book contains a lot of the true stories from my podcast and is now available on Amazon. Visit my webpage for a link to Amazon for the book, Coal Miner to Cowboy. And right now, without further ado, on the phone with us this morning, Dr. History. Good morning, Chad. How are you? I'm good, buddy. It's been a long time. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I've missed missed the show and missed you. Well, don't carry it too far. <laughs> Listen, uh, I'm going to ask yeah. you. I'm going to ask you to speak directly into the mouthpiece and speak up just a little bit, if you would, so we can make sure we can hear you. Okay, uh, you. Okay. you I can do that. All right. You were on a trip that I am absolutely envious about your location. You went to Israel, and you went to Jerusalem, and boy, I, I just tell me about it. It had to be amazing. Okay. I'll just go through it real quick. Uh, I can tell you this. We were in Egypt and Jordan, and I'll talk about that if we have time, but we drove up through the Jordan River Valley, which is a beautiful Green Valley, crops, banana trees, grapes, just beautiful, large, uh, where the Jordan River Valley, where the Jordan River runs through. But we stopped at a place called Masada, which is a high plateau, uh, kind of a place that Herod the Great built. But the Jews were up on top of there, and they were being attacked by the Romans, and so the Jews committed a mass suicide, and kind of a somber place, kind of like when you and I have talked about the Custer battlefield. Mm-hmm. But uh, from up on top of Masada, we could see the Dead Sea, which was much, much bigger than I had pictured, and we actually floated in the Dead Sea. You don't swim in it. You just float. <laughs> but uh, another town we went next, next to was called Qumran, and that's where the Dead Sea Scrolls were found, and we actually, in Jerusalem, were able to see some of the actual Dead Sea Scrolls. Oh, my. We got into, 
yeah, we got into Galilee and we went out on a boat ride on the water on the Sea of Galilee, and it was just smooth as glass. And we got out there on the water, and they turned the motor off, and we just sat there. And uh, someone read the scriptures about where Jesus calmed the water and where he and Peter walked on the water. Uh, very peaceful and just a beautiful place to be. Let me ask you, Doctor. Uh, let, me, let me interrupt you, Doc, real quick, because I have questions I want to ask as you go along on the Sea of Galilee. Are you talking about okay. a sea, per se, or are you talking about a large lake? Tell me about the body of water itself. Well, it's called the Sea of Galilee. To me, it's a big lake. And, again, it was much bigger than I had ever pictured. When they talk about rolling across uh, to the other side, I thought, it, you know, maybe half a mile or three-quarters, but it's several miles wide, and I can't remember how many miles long. But the Sea of Galilee is much bigger than I had had imagined. Mm-hmm. But uh, there in Galilee, there's a church that just recently, there was a synagogue, they just recently found, and it's called the Magdala, because it's where Mary Magdalene was born. Oh, my. And we know that Jesus preached in that synagogue. But uh, <clears throat> we went up on the mountain where uh, the Sermon on the Mount was preached. We went to a city called the city of Dan, uh, where there was a temple where they actually uh, say the golden calf was worshipped in that temple, in that synagogue. Mm. Um, you know, <clears throat> there was a, another synagogue in Capernaum that we went to, where we know that Jesus taught uh, Mount Arabel after feeding the 5,000. Uh, he was up on Mount Arabel, uh, you know, teaching the people. Uh, another one called Mount Precipice, and looks over Nazareth, and it actually, actually looks over uh, the Valley of Jezreel, which is where Armageddon is going to take place. Oh, my. And it is a huge, huge... Uh, Green, beautiful valley. I'd always pictured it as desert and dry, but no, it's a big, beautiful valley with um, little lakes. Uh, a beautiful place, actually. Well, when you were uh, over there and you were taking this tour and you went to the Sea of Galilee and you went to various places where Jesus had uh, given his sermons, etc., tell me personally uh, the feeling that you had. Did you feel like, wow, I'm standing right where the Bible tells me about all these great events? Well, I'll just tell you this. Uh, we went to the Church of the Nativity, uh, which is where they claim Christ was born. And I, I will admit I was a little bit disappointed because they just rush you in and out so fast that you can't really, you know, really think about it or contemplate it. So it was that was a little bit disappointed. But we walked on some of the same streets where Jesus walked. Uh, we went into the area where Pontius Pilate uh, washed his hands of Jesus. Um, there's a street they call the Way of the Cross. And uh, this Way of the Cross, people will actually sometimes carry a cross to kind of mm-hmm. connect the, uh, uh, the Savior walking on those streets. Wow. But we went to the Wailing Wall. Uh, we went to the upper room where the Last Supper took place. Um we went to the place where 
uh, Christ was taken kind of down into a dungeon area where he was uh, basically tied up and where he was whipped with the uh, lashes, just a really a somber place. But um, on the Temple Mount, we went to where uh, the steps where Christ would have walked to go into the temple. Mm-hmm. And Neil Armstrong, who walked on the moon, said he was more honored to stand on those steps than he was to walk on the moon. Well, let me ask you this question. Uh, how much of what you saw and how much of where you were has been refurbished or how much of it is really the same way it was 2,000 years ago? There's actually quite a bit that is, is pretty much the same, but a lot of it has been redone. That's true. But uh, we saw where place where King Solomon was appointed king. We saw the valley where David killed Goliath, uh, the pool of Shalom where uh, the blind man was healed, um, the garden tomb, of course, where, uh, where the Savior was interred in the tomb, and Golgotha where the crucifixion took place, and the Garden of Gethsemane. Um, that was a very peaceful place to be. Uh, just uh, felt like it was uh, like pretty much like it could have been maybe back then. Well, let me but, let me uh, ask you let me ask you this question, uh, Ken. Let me ask you this, uh, and it sounds like you've got a little bit of a throat problem this morning. So uh, I, I do. I'll fill in a little bit, but let me ask you: in uh, area proximity, like the Garden of Gethsemane, down to where Pontius Pilate uh, and all of the Roman soldiers took Jesus, etc. What are we talking about as far as distance is concerned, or is it in one kind of a consolidated area? Yeah, it wasn't that far apart. It was it was a little bit hard to judge that because uh, we would get on a bus and go from one place to another to another, so it was sometimes hard to exactly say, okay, this is only, you know, a quarter of a mile from here or a half a mile. So in that instance, it was, it was a little bit hard to, uh, you know, to figure out uh, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that we did that was interesting, there's a place called Hezekiah's Tunnel, and this is 3,000 years old. They chiseled this out of, out of bedrock, and it was a tunnel to bring water into the city. Oh. And it's 600 yards wide, long, and they started at each end of the mountain, and they, and they actually met in the middle. And, uh, we actually were able to walk down through that really narrow tunnel that had water flowing through it. Oh my. Uh, what what was the most impressive thing uh, about the tour and or the various places you went? Now, being that last weekend was Easter, and of course talking about the crucifixion on Good Friday and and the resurrection on Easter Sunday, etc. What about uh, Golgotha, the Hill of the Skull, where he was crucified? Tell me about the personality, if you will, of Golgotha. Okay, that was a, I would say, a very somber place. Um, it has changed what it used to look like because lightning struck that area a number of years ago and kind of changed. Uh, so, you know, it's called the, the Hill of the Skull. And uh, 
So you can see what it was, but it has changed a little bit. But I would say the Garden Tomb, the Sea of Galilee, and Gethsemane were probably, for me, the most powerful. And, and why do you say that? What did what did it uh, tell you? What kind of emotions did it evoke? And what kind of memories out of the Bible? Explain that a little further. Well, I, I would say the things that you read in the Old and the New Testament, now I can picture those places. Before it was just a, uh, you know, you read about it and you try to imagine what it looked like. You know, Golgotha, uh, the Garden Tomb. And to actually see it just brought it home so much more than than when you just read about it. Does it? Am- it was a very humbling, uh, you know, to know that uh, this is where Christ was interred in the tomb, and then, of course, resurrected. You know, so it was a very somber and kind of a holy place. What about the tomb itself? Uh, describe the tomb, because in our mind's eye, when we think about Easter and the rolling away of the rock and the tomb and the angel inside, etc., explain that to me a little bit. Okay, so the entrance into the tomb, you have to duck down. Because this is, keep in mind, this has been chiseled out of the rock. It's not a, just a normal cave. It's been actually hand-chiseled by manual labor. And as you walk in, there's a kind of a small room, and then off to the right-hand side is where the body of Christ would have laid uh, when they laid him in there. So it's almost like almost like two rooms. I'd always pictured it just as one room that you would walk into, but it's more like actually two rooms mm-hmm. that you would see. Do you... So, um, Go ahead. No, I was going to ask you, when you were inside that tomb, I can't imagine the feelings that were going through you at that time, but uh, have they, the government and officials of that area, have they enhanced it, or is everything exactly the way it was? Well, they have made it easier for people to get there. There are, you know, stairs and uh, places around there now where you can actually sit and uh, there's uh, seats where you can actually sit and, uh, uh, you know, read about the the resurrection and the death uh, and the crucifixion. So they've made it actually easier for people to uh, enjoy the the feeling of the of the tomb. Wow. I mean, being in that tomb in itself, that would have been the whole trip for me. Honestly, uh, that that just amazes yeah. me. Well, in, in the, the Sea of Galilee, you know, that's where a lot of the synagogues are where Christ preached. Yeah. And so, the, the did I mention uh, the Magdala? Did I tell you, say that? I believe so, yes. Yeah, Magdala is where, uh, synagogue where, where the Savior uh, uh, preached all around the Sea of Galilee. So, as we were around the Sea of Galilee, it just, I felt like that was places where he did actually walk and meet the people and perform miracles. Uh-huh. 
Did you get a feeling uh, of, oh my goodness, this is far, far greater than I ever anticipated? I mean, what were your feelings of going to all these places and knowing that you're right there where Christ and his disciples had uh, walked and visited uh, thousands of years ago? Well, the the city of Jerusalem was much bigger than I anticipated. Oh, really? It was a, a big city. And uh, the... Temple Mount and the old city was bigger than I anticipated. It was also um, uh, really a lot hillier than I thought. I did not picture it with these steep hills, not really mountains, but steep hills uh, with rocks, and you could see uh, shepherds actually uh, tending to their sheep in the city of Galilee. Oh, my. In some of the pastured areas. So just like they did thousands of years ago. What was the so, what was the number one thing, and I've only got about four or five minutes left here at the most, but what was the number one thing that you, your wife, and others took away from? I mean, if I were there, I would have left there with a feeling like, wow, what did I just experience? You know, we went to so many things and saw so much, and again, it's, to me, it was, okay, this is what it looks like. You know, when you read the Old and the New Testaments, now I can picture in my mind where these things took place. I can, uh, you know, I, I can picture that now. Whereas before, it was, you know, I just pictured Jerusalem as surrounded by desert and sand, but it's not. It's at least this time of year, it's beautiful fields and crops, and the Jordan River Valley is just a, beautiful, fertile area where they grow a lot of crops. But again, to see the Sea of Galilee and that area around Galilee and in Jerusalem, it just means a lot more to me now. And now as I read the scriptures... Uh, again, it's gonna. I'm gonna be able to picture these places. Well, that that leads me to my next question: the scriptures and today. I mean, uh, what was your take on how well written the scriptures were, and how definitive and how defined and explanatory they were about the area? And then you saw it for your own eyes. They were pretty good, weren't they? Oh yeah, yeah. The uh, the scriptures explain it really well. Uh, it's just that, you know yourself, when you read something, you have a picture in your mind. Right, right. But then when you actually see it uh, in person, then it opens up a whole new uh, whole new avenue of your thoughts and feelings about, you know, where the, where the, um, where the miracles took place. Wow. Um, you know, the, the Pool of Bethesda and uh, where healings took place. And, again, the Mount... Uh, the Temple Mount, um, just amazing to see it. Well, I want to quickly, I've only got a short time, and I want to ask you, we're going to move ahead to today. Uh, how safe did you and the rest of your entourage feel when you knew that there was an escalation of tension between Palestine and Israel, et cetera, while you were there? I mean, how safe were you? Okay, I, we felt really safe, but keep in mind that as we left, that's when Ramadan was taking place, that's when Easter was taking place, and the Passover. So you've got three religions, and after we left, there was, I know, a mosque on 
the Temple Mount, they were having uh, people being drug away and uh, demonstrators, and we were one of the last planes to get out of Tel Aviv for a while because of government shutdowns. And, of course, since then, they've been firing, firing rockets back and forth, so uh, I feel we were safe when we were there, but I'm glad we got out when we did. How volatile is that region, Ken, from the people that you had a chance to visit with or the knowledge that you have now? I mean, is it really unstable over there? Well, all around Israel, they have a fence, and they have a road, and they they monitor that road, and inside that road, they have landmines in a no-man's land. So the Israelis, they protect it really well. And the Palestinians, keep in mind, they have an area within Jerusalem. So the Palestinians and the Israelis, it's a, it's kind of a tenuous situation. Mm. So, you are, I, I, where you go, you see, uh, you see, uh, military people with carrying their guns and, um, all their gear. Yeah. All I can say is that I hope you feel better next week when you come to my home, because I want to elaborate on this a little bit more. Uh, A trip that I'm just so jealous that I have not gone to that area of the world, and I just really respect you for giving us a a really first-class dissertation on it. Uh, Dr. History, God bless you, and I hope you feel better next week. I will be there. All right, my friend. Take care of yourself. You have a good day. Thank you very much.